Hey there, this is Phil. I'm in Missoula, Montana. Just played a show here last night at the start of a tour that I'm on with the band that Nels and I have, Bull Market. Um, we're going like 10 dates over to Seattle and Spokane and um, uh, Portland, Coeur d'Alene. You can find it. I, I did an announcement on Waste Division. So if you just go to the website, waste-division.org, you could see our show list, where we're playing and when. Um, and then there's a link to our tape, too, that we just put out. Um, I hope I'm not peeking out here. Am I? Not too bad, maybe. <clears throat> um, I recorded with my iPhone earlier, and it didn't sound very good. So I thought I'd redo it. But yeah, I also wanted to use this as a way to announce shows. I don't know if anybody fucking cares or anybody that listens to this podcast, um, lives in the Pacific Northwest or is interested enough to come and see, you know, a show. But if you are, we'll be around. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see you. Um, let's see. Other thing is we're going to be putting out Dry Fest podcasts. Kind of got to bust it on that quick here soon. Um, but in the meantime, I thought I would put something out. Um, my friend, Tyler Murphy, who I talked to a while back, you can find it in the feed. Um, he encouraged me to do a monologue. He said he just wanted to hear me ramble for a while. Um, so late late at night, a few nights ago, getting ready to leave on this tour, um, I was in a mad dash cleaning my house and shit, and I decided I needed to decompress and kind of deposit some thoughts and do a little brain dump or something um i got pretty honest so if you could tolerate the, the first five minutes and can tolerate me talking about oh, hold on talking um fucking big machines So, yeah, it was a late-night thing, and I, I don't know if I got too intimate on it or not, but I don't know, whatever. Um, it was nice. I think I got kind of some interesting stuff. So maybe check it out. <clears throat> if you like it, um, let me know. I'd love to, love to know that. If it's something I should keep doing, try again. It's pretty weird to think that... Um, that anybody would want to hear that, so that's not necessarily my goal, um, although it is nice. They're kind of more for me. Little, It's honestly a little therapy session, chance for me to just fucking run my mouth and get some thoughts and feelings out. Um, but yeah, if you do like it, let me know, and that's kind of incentive for me to keep doing it um, in some ways. So anyway, yeah, um, we just released this tape that we're promoting. Uh, it's called Loners. We are an investment firm slash rock band. Um, so our joke is that um, you can invest with us. And and so we released this tape called Loners, which is spelled L-O-A-N-E-R-S. But there's a, we like puns, obviously. Um, so anyway, I'm going to play some tunes, probably just slip them in throughout the monologue at different points. Here is the first track from it called Fantasy Football. Um, 
If you don't like it, you can skip forward a few minutes. Uh, get to the talking. Okay, bye-bye.
Excuse me. Hello, it's late. Um, I've just been getting ready for bull market tour. And that always involves a mad dash um, in my procrastinatory tendencies where I have to, at the last minute, make sure I have all my shit together. Um, oh, let me, I think, no, that'll be good. Um, just checking levels here. My friend Tyler Murphy, who I talked to a while back, um, you can find it on the Waste Radio channel here. Um, he he suggested that I do what he does regularly, which I admire, um, is which is talk alone into a microphone. It's kind of a bizarre activity. Like I'm recording this audio file that somebody maybe probably somewhere will hear. And, uh, but they're not here right now. So I'm just standing in my kitchen making a Polish or whatever the fuck, uh, what's it called? Kielbasa. Yeah. Yeah. And my cat Cleo is running around. She just ran away the last couple of days. So I was like fucking, uh, sad. Started drinking some beer pretty good. And, um, have also been trying to work and, Working is always a pain. So when I'm working a lot, I tend to drink more, and that's bad, but I guess it's what happens. Um, probably something to fucking think about. Maybe I need to take some more psychedelics, do another fucking therapy session. I guess they say you need to do that, like, every couple months or something. So I did mine back in uh, January, and I found it really effective. I was in like a real rut um, drinking. I was drinking like a six pack, uh, at least easy a day of like craft beer. So it was like IPAs. Eventually moved up to like Imperial Voodoo IPA by what's it called? I think it's Voodoo. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that shit's like 9%, and I was easily drinking like a six-pack. And on gig uh, days that I was gigging, I was drinking like that plus whatever I drank like at the bar or whatever when I was playing or after. Um, I, I have a tendency to drink beer in the morning, which is kind of fucked up. Um, like if I feel shitty... Uh, after drinking, <laughs> then I'll drink a beer and then it's kind of like, well, all of a sudden you wake up with a beer and then you have a beer at lunch and then you have a beer after work and then you're back to like drinking beer. So, um, that's something that like I would not like to slip back into. Um, but as shit gets busy, I'm like drinking beer a little more and, um, it's kind of amazing how good I am at it. So I don't know. Just, um, I feel weird about saying that on the air or on, on the internet, but I, uh, one of my goals with this podcast has been less, um, audience driven in some ways 
and more a way for me to be honest and open um, with like whoever I'm talking to or um, with myself or uh, of course, and then the audience comes in like with, with people who are listening and interested. Um, I think there's like a lot of bullshitting that happens. Um, I'm constantly finding myself like posturing and engaging in like bullshitty games and uh, it doesn't feel very good. So just trying to avoid that, trying to be honest. So anyway, here I am. I hope if you're there, it's enjoyable. Um, yeah, okay. So I mentioned Bull Market, my band. Uh, it's like a investment firm slash rock band is what we call it. So um, I don't know how much I want to... I don't know. If you're listening to this, there's not very many people that listen to these at this point. So especially a fucking monologue by yours truly. So if you're still here after like five minutes of me monologuing, then I guess you have, um, some, some right to insider shit. But so like with bull market, it's band started a long time ago, uh, three, four years by now, uh, by me and my friend, Jordan Finn, who's in the band Idaho green, they're in Brooklyn right now. They moved out from Billings, where Billings, Montana, where I am, and they moved to Brooklyn. Um, they're doing pretty good, I think. Sounds like trying to hack it in the city, working and um, making music. Um, but anyway, yeah, Jordan and I started this band, and it's funny because when we lived in a house together, we lived in like a big real world type college house, not like a, um, a frat or something like that, but like a five bedroom, five, six bedroom house. And we all split the rent and it was actually kind of cool. It was like a nice community thing. We'd have family dinners a lot of the time. Um, Sydney, who is, a I guess you've, if you've been listening, you have heard me mention her, but if not, then I'll explain. Sydney uh, is my ex-wife, kind of. We're still working on papers, which is hilarious because we decided to do this like almost a year. I guess it's about a year ago now. Um, but yeah, we're bad at papers. Anyway, Sydney, how did I get into fucking Sydney? That's always one that kind of jostles my brain. Um Oh, Sydney and I and Jordan were living in uh, this house with our other good friends, Ben um, and, well, I'm sure I forgot somebody. Sorry. Um, there, there were several people moving in. I don't need to list them all. Uh, Max was there. I'll probably list some later too. Um, anyway, we're all living in this house. Jordan and I always fantasized when we moved into this house out of the dorms that we would uh, start a rock band and practice and write a bunch of songs. And uh, this room had a tiny little uh, closet. Maybe if you took your average shower, that's like a standing shower, like three and a half feet by three and a half feet or whatnot, and took four of those or five of those, that was the size of this um, practice space. It was just a little closety thing below the stairs. 
and we could just barely fit all our shit in there and play. So we moved in and we nailed up a bunch of egg cartons because we heard that's what you do to make a room sound better or soundproof it. And I guess it dampened the sound. It, it did pretty good, actually. But we never played in there a ton. It was only like within the last couple months that Jordan and I wrote our first tune. I think... What was that fucking tune? It's on this split tape we did with the budgets. Um, but anyhow, yeah, so I don't know why I'm talking about this band. I'm going to just fast forward a bit. Jordan and I started it. We had different bass players kind of rotating in and out. And then Jordan moved to New York and Nels um, was like, hey, Phil. Uh, Nels is a drummer currently. Nels Jensen. He's a history teacher here in Billings. Um, he was like, hey, Phil, Jordan's moving. Like, I don't want, I think this band should should keep going. And I was like, well, Nels, uh, Nels was a drummer for a band that I have admired and kind of came up watching. Well, it was, actually, frankly, a lot of it was literally just watching Nels play drums because he's such a an animal on it where he just beats the fucking shit out of him. He plays with the backs of his drumsticks. And, um, so that's loud and cool. And it was always just ballsy as fuck. So you see him play and it just make you want to dance. And, uh, they're doing power pop stuff. Like, so his band noise, noise, noise was doing some of that. And then, um, him and another member of that, went off to do a band called mega giant and they were really cool. So anyway, I just like grew up watching Nels pretty much my experiences with punk were often watching Nels and he always just beat the shit out of it. So anyway, he, he came to me when he, you know, we were at, I think we were playing a show and we were chatting or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you, you should keep this band going. It's like, well, I need a drummer. And he's like, uh huh. I'm like, and you're a drummer. I know. And you're good, blah, blah, blah. So if you want to help me keep doing it, you should, because I literally don't know anybody else that um, I, th- I think would be g- good at it. You know, like Nels was just fucking OG. He's, um, I don't know, maybe he'll be pissed. He's in his early 40s now. Um, but his band Noise, Noise, Noise was doing shit for like 15 years or something. Um, since 2000-ish. Yeah. I have to check the dates on that shit. But, um... So he just has a sound that's like this punk sound that when you hear him play a rock beat, it just, like, blows your dick off. And I really wanted that in my band, and I didn't really care to continue the band, frankly, because we hadn't done that much. We did, like, a tape of four songs or something that we did and they were fine. I think you would find that on our band camp if you're curious, but, um, and we'd only play a few shows because Jordan and I, <laughs> once we hooked up in the closet, which is a funny phrase, um, it was only in the last couple months and he moved back to Billings from Missoula, which is where we live, lived and went to college. Um, we only played, we only wrote a few songs in, in that last little bit and then continued to play the odd show whenever he came to Missoula or I came to Billings and we could, we could get one together. So we, I think we only did like five shows or something. 
And then when I was back here in Billings, I did it after I graduated and moved. Jordan um, had moved to New York pretty much or was shortly thereafter. I don't remember quite. Um, so I was like, all right, well, fuck. We've never been really in the same city and we're not now, so now what? And then Nels came on and um, we started playing in Sydney's mom's garage, which was super sweet. Diane Austin is an excellent hairstylist here in uh, Billings, and she's fucking sweet, Hispanic, um, like a, definitely a, a mother of mine. I have a few mothers, and she's one for sure. Um, but anyway, she likes to practice in her um, garage, her shop kind of, and that was cool, and uh, we wrote, I guess we did that album uh, Broker after a while, took just a couple songs that Jordan and I wrote together and put that on broker with, um, seven or eight more that Nels and I did together. And, um, yeah. And then we went on tour last summer out in the Pacific Northwest, Nels and I, and, uh, that was pretty cool. We did 10 dates and 10 days, oops, 10 dates and 10 uh, days, which is kind of a pain in the ass for me or a pain in the throat, I guess, is a better way of putting it, because in this band, I, like, scream scream really pretty hard at times, and it's part of our energy, like, we do really short sets, like, 25 minutes, and we just, like, blow it up, like, blow our shit, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, a cum fest or something. I, I have, like, it's very sexual... Um, imagery and language in my head right now because I have listened to a lot of the Come Town podcast um, catalog, which is, I don't know if I should even, like, say that. Like, a lot of people would hear that and that show and they think it's bad. I'll maybe bring up some thoughts about that later, but... Um, so I did that tour last year and then uh, my voice fucking hurts, so this year I have uh, what's it called? vocal zone so any vocalists out there if, if you need help with your vocals when you're working vocal zone is like ricola on steroids i think is a good way of putting it and uh i hope it'll help me i haven't tested it like in that intensive uh, scenario but we'll see and so we just released uh this tape broker or no, fuck that's the album broker. The ta- the tape is called Loners, so it's like a pun on, um, it's spelled L O A N E R S, and it's a pun on like sad boy emo loner type, and then like capitalist um, invest investment guy stuff. Um, so it's fun. It's got some tracks that like we're pretty happy with. One's called Fantasy Football. Another one's uh, Onanist. Um, another one is The Hedonic Treadmill of Women, which is a unsubtle fucking title. Um, but I don't think, yeah, maybe the meaning of the song isn't that, that clear. Um, and then the single is Loners. So we just add, or Loner. The tape is Loners and the single is Loner. And the single's like 16 seconds long. It's us just doing three takes of a like three-second track where I just scream, wasted. I go, wasted! And that's it. 
and that's the tape and we're kind of promoting that shit excited we're going to uh oh missoula let me just pull that shit up i hope this sounds okay i'm like moving around with shit hold on a second We're going to be in, uh, we're starting off with a show here in Billings at Girlwood Studios on the 5th of July in 2019. Um, and then we're going to Missoula the next day. Um, I think we're picking up a show in Spokane the next day. So that's 7 6 in Missoula, 7 7 in Spokane, um, 7 9 in Bellingham, Tacoma. Uh, Shehalis, Washington. And then on the 12th, we're in Portland. Uh, 13th, I think we're in Coeur d'Alene. And then the 14th, we're in Bozeman. And then later this summer, we're going to be doing uh, Julia Louise Dryfest, uh, which I help organize. And then we're going up to Bozeman again for Labor Fest. Um, so I don't know if anybody fucking cares, but I... I always like the idea of using your podcast as a way to announce like where you're going to be. Cause, um, if you're like me and you listen to podcasts, I don't know if I've managed to make it onto your radar with podcasts. Um, and if you're not around me in, in billings, that would be odd, but it would be cool if some people, uh, randomly came across this podcast on waste division or however, and then heard about me and uh, was interested enough to like come out and see my band. So um, anyway, I, I feel uncomfortable doing self-promotional shit because uh, I have a capitalist punk band, but it's heavily satirical. And um, it's kind of weird because you're, you're in the music business and part of your job is to like promote yourself. Um, and I don't. I'm not really into that. Um, some parts of me are. I I get a real high off of publishing things. So like if I, for example, when I was putting up this tape on Bandcamp, I was like really stoked because I get to go on Waste Division, waste-division.org if you're interested um, and make a post about it, announcing the shit. And it's like exciting to be like, hey, Hey world, here's some shit I'm doing. Like maybe we'll see you around. Um, so part of me does does enjoy like reaching out that way, but not like self promotion and being like, hey, yo, I got a band. Like check it out. I'm usually like pretty quiet about what I'm involved in. Uh, partly because there's just like so fucking much that I don't want to talk about it because it's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, also because like nobody fucking cares about what you do and if they're interested in music, they'll probably like run into me at a show and I don't need to tell them or like somebody who matters will tell them like if they know that they're into music, then they'll be like, yo, Phil knows about it or uh, Phil does music shit. Like maybe you'll be interested, but I don't need to be telling people about my band or like my podcast really. Um, Okay, so I think I've talked about bull market fucking plenty. I guess I want to do that. I'm interested in, um, like, 
these monologues laying frameworks for shit that I'm going to be talking about. Um, I still don't quite know what I'm going to be talking about, but I really like the idea of using these as, um, just a way to talk and like have some fucking space for my brain to go because often during the day my brain has time to go a little bit but i'm also working like cleaning today i was um cleaning some windows at the annex uh field house complex which is like a cafe and a restaurant that are adjoined here in billings um and i work there and i clean for them and it's a great gig um and i i actually really like cleaning i was doing windows today and so i got to mostly like plug into podcasts or music or whatever and beat them like keep to myself and my my mind can wander pretty well in those instances but it can't uh do like a sustained train of thought because usually it'll get interrupted by what i'm uh, doing so i could be kept on a train by like a podcast like i listen to the last podcast on the left or like come town or um, sometimes multi-amory uh, which is a polyamory podcast, which I'll definitely be talking about on this bullshit. Um, yeah, so I'll listen to that and I can follow those trains because it's guided. Like anybody that you probably recognize this, if you're listening to this now, you probably use podcasts and you probably use them when you're working. And what's cool about them is that you can put them on and like this person takes you on a little uh, thought ride. Like it's a... F- a thing at a carnival that you get on with your brain and listen. And, uh, my friend, Jeff Jones, who I also talked to, you can, you can hear that earlier in this feed too. Um, he talked about conversation as a sort of psychedelic drug. I think I quite, I forget what quite the, the phrase was, but that's the idea. And I think that fits because you do go on a ride and at the end you come out and you feel different, even though you've never, you never really left, you know, for me, I, today I never really left the field house, but when I was listening to, um, come town, I was able to go into, into their little world. And, um, that's what we like about this shit, I, I guess, is it helps us get away, which is kind of scary. I think there's a lot of shit going on with getting away. But people are always bitching about phones and technology. I have a lot of thoughts about that, but I don't really feel like going into it now. Um, Let's see. I've been going 23 minutes. Cleo's fucking around hard with this um, baby pillow that actually belonged to my friend Parker Brown. He had it in a base case. Uh, keeping the base from joggling around too much. Yeah, Cleo just came back. She was gone for a while. I was really sad because um, my other cat, Domingo, who has been gone uh, like a couple few months, uh, left, obviously. And like that was really, really tough for me. Um, he was kind of my buddy when I moved out of Sydney's and my house, which was like mid August last year. It's not quite a, quite a year, but, um, he moved with me and, you know, I, I'd never lived alone. That's been a big theme for me, uh, recently is just figuring out how to be alone in the world. And, um, 
Because I think that's something that we kind of fundamentally have to come to terms with is that no matter what you do, you are going to be alone. Like even uh, I think married people or um, and that's or people who are otherwise entwined with with people, which is to say all of us need to recognize that we are fundamentally like alone creatures. You'll die alone. There's, of course, a big component of us um, being communal creatures and being together also for much of our existence. But um, So I don't know. It's, it's funny because two different ideas can exist at the same time where we are fundamentally alone and fundamentally um, collective or cooperative. Um, but it's weird because I grew up, my friend, or my friend, my brother, Jack, who is like very important, oh, damn it, very important to me. Um, we came up together in a weird, as with many people, like a weird family situation with divorced parents and step parents. And um, we, we definitely came from like a privileged background in the sense that our dad is a corporate lawyer. Uh, not lawyer, lobbyist in uh, up at the Capitol here in Montana in Helena. Um, but also my mom, they, so they were divorced and my mom was on food stamps sometimes. So like for three and a half, th- three days out of the week, we would be at my mom's house where they were on food stamps and then four days out of the week on average, um, we'd be at my dad's house where he was like, copping some some business money um so that was interesting but my my brother and i had a a weird very common experience through that and we shared a room all growing up all through growing up um so we'd stay up late with the lights off uh but we'd talk for a long time actually i wonder how much of my talking skills come from that um, that's kind of interesting because we just like analyze situations that had happened uh, throughout the day where like something weird happened with our parents and we'd be like what the fuck and we'd be trying to figure it out um, but so all to say because of this I never had my own room even growing up at, at all ever and then I went to college and I had a dorm uh, with two two dudes who I became really close with. One of whom is Eric Tonis, who is, uh, like the other editor or fucking whatever. He helps run waste division. I don't like editor. It sounds pretentious. I don't like, I guess I don't like fucking labels, but, um, and then the other roommate was my friend, Ben, who I mentioned, Ben Webster. Um, and then Sydney and I moved in after that into that big house. So, from when I was born to when I got divorced, I lived uh, with somebody else. I slept in the same room as somebody else. And that's not uh, unique, of course. Like, humans have been sleeping in the same room for most of our existence, probably. And it's really probably only a modern feature that we would even have, like, our own room or even our own bed probably like you read about six kids or hear about my grandma talked to me the other day i need to do a podcast with her but um 
I don't know. They had five kids in a one room fucking farm for a while. It's like, damn. But anyhow, it does seem important for modern humans to have that kind of privacy and like maybe that sense of autonomy, or that's at least what I'm finding is that as I figure out how to live alone, it's been a big ass process. Um, I'm finding that I don't have basic life skills. Um, with organizing a home in, in some senses, like my grandma kind of helped teach me things and my mom helped teach me things coming up and my stepmom definitely teach, helped te- taught me things, but I never had to like manage a house or, or be the directive force in, in that sort of organization. And, um, so when I was on my own after, after leaving Sydney's house and, uh, she was the one who was pretty much organizing, you know, how the kitchen goes together, what goes where and, you know, otherwise in the house or elsewhere in the house. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I was just on my own and I had some help from my girlfriend, Sarah. Um, she helped me out, but fundamentally I just had like some backed up shit that I needed to take care of, like some junk that I had in the back room and I, I eventually, I've now taken care of it. And it's really nice, but it's still a thing where my, my life's pretty chaotic, where I'm, like, got a weird schedule, uh, working, like, nights, and then working days, and then sometimes going out of town to work and um, trying to maintain relationships and... Um, trying to find my cat sometimes when she fucking runs away or he runs away. Shout out to Domingo. If you see Domingo, he's a beautiful um, Maine Coon cat, I guess they call him. He's like gray and white, very bushy, fluffy, pretty fat he was last when he left here. Um, he kind of got fat with me after the divorce. <laughs> um what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, living alone. Yeah. So anyway, that's been a super interesting thing. I, uh, I've told a lot of people about this. I told it on a story night, uh, at Tyler Murphy's gallery where he gets people together and they tell stories and drink wine and, and shit. So I got up and told this story. What was it about? Oh, autonomy. So Sydney and I, this was one of the more painful, like physically oddly painful experiences in my life where I was hanging out with some buddies and we went to like a fucking summer fair thing where other friends were playing some acoustic music that nobody seemed to care about. <laughs> but the music was by my friend Ryan Kayberry and he's a really great songwriter and he has been in my life for a long time since I was in high school. So I guess that makes it six, seven years or something. Some of Sydney's and my first dates were going to Ryan's shows. Um, so anyway, I was hanging out with some friends, uh, after I had decided that I needed to move out of the house, Sydney and I thought crazily that we could live together after divorcing. And it quickly became apparent that we could not, um, but just that day I decided that and 
but I went to this festival and we were drinking beer and hanging out with my friend Ty Herman and some, and, uh, Jackson and some other people. And, um, we went back to Ty's house afterward and I was kind of bumming cause I was emotional to hear that, that music kind of took me back and whatever. Um, well, somebody had some mushrooms laying around and we decided we'd just like keep going with the afternoon and take those. And I ended up getting really um, emotional and kind of just having to excuse myself to go on walks. Whenever I come up on mushrooms or like psychedelics, I, I get antsy and so I need to move. So I go on a walk or smoke a cigarette or whatever, cigarettes. And so I asked these guys if they wanted to go on a walk and they're like, no, I think we're just going to chill. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go do my thing. And so I, I walked over to this college campus nearby and sat down and um, I was feeling things. I started crying, but the the sobs became like a deep, deep sob where it sounded like I was a wounded animal. Like I've shot a deer before and uh, before the deer died, it was going like, <laughs> And it's kind of like that, but it's just breathing, and it's weird because it's, it's not vocal per se. And uh, anyway, it's loud enough that there were people that were like a hundred yards away, and I wasn't sure if they'd be able to hear me breathing because it was so loud. Um, and I was talking to my friend Grant about how I was, I was uh, moving out of the house, and that got me emotional. Is after I got off with him that I started um, sobbing like that, or whatever that's called, and. Uh, Shortly called Sydney and was just talking to her about how sad I was and like to leave that home that had been like really important for me. And, um, she was like, well, I mean, you're welcome here. Or I guess I was texting her about this and she's like, you're, you can come here anytime. Like you can come here now. And so I kind of sat with that for a second and I was like, yeah, I need to like, I need to go and, so I called her and she ended up just coming up to the college, to the campus there and sat with me. She had her new puppy who she calls Lupin or Lou <clears throat> and Lou ran around while Sydney and I talked about like what the fuck was happening as I was moving out. And, um, it was interesting because <clears throat> it became really important to me to tell her that I didn't that that we didn't that neither of us felt like we were being left that this was a decision that we had both made for ourselves and for each other <coughs> and that it wasn't really personal it was just us um dealing with circumstances as they had played out because I still feel like I, I love Sydney and I, I still feel like I love her in the, in the ways that, that I did before. And that even though we don't live together and we don't see each other near as much, which was a tough adjustment to go from seeing somebody every day and every night, just about to, um, every couple of weeks for an hour or two, um, it was really hard, but I, I still love her. And, it, uh, even though it, it's changed, a lot has changed. We, I think share a kind of love and it's, 
it's super cool actually my my partner girlfriend person sarah um she was just think she was talking about how she had started thinking about sydney and i as partners still because we we see each other sydney and i and then sarah and sydney now live in the same neighborhood so they see each other around and um i'm not sure if sydney how she would quite feel about that but i think it's a nice it's a nice notion to think that you're still partners with the person that you broke up with um that you can't just expect yourselves to cleanly break from that sort of thing and just like never talk again and never process what the fuck happened and i don't know yeah so anyway i really appreciate that when sarah um said that because also just because i thought it was insightful um and really sweet so let's see I don't know. I might keep these monologues pretty short. That seems fucking long enough. I managed to talk about my divorce already. Um, and my, my new partner and or, I, man, I don't know how I'm going to have to figure out how to talk about poly sh- shit because I'm not just seeing one person either. Um, and that's been really, really exciting for me because for a long time I, I don't know. I felt weird about how interested I was in other people. I've been flirty for a long time and just like joking around with people as a way to get to know them. And, um, I don't know. And I, I think it's sad that we can't like even joke around with people because that we might be like hitting on them and they might have like a boyfriend or some shit that like you need to worry about. Um, And I really enjoy being able to do that without, uh, like it threatening my partner or people like thinking that I'm trying to cheat on my partner or whatever, because now cheating isn't even a thing really. Like, I guess you could cheat by lying, but there's no real reason to like lie about somebody you're fucking, if that's part of what the deal is, like part of the arrangement. Um, yeah. So anyway, I really enjoy like just hanging out with people. That's the other thing. It's I think it's a nice way to have an opportunity to just be friends with people. To be like, hey, let's hang out, and not necessarily it be a date, or and or to have it just be a friend date, and then see what happens after that. Um, it's kind of nice to diffuse some of the pressure that we put on on dating or whatever um, when we just I think view it as like um just hanging out with another person to see where it goes like so often we're looking for a soulmate or somebody to marry or something and that's like highly pressurized where all of a sudden your first date with somebody is also a an interview for a lifelong position in your life um my line that i have is that the the army doesn't even ask you to to sign up for life. (laughs) Um, and I don't know, that's probably unfair in a lot of ways, but it's a little fiery too. So I like that. Um, shit. Yeah. I'm just going to let this one go. 
we'll end the torture now thank you so much if you're still listening um i'm hanging out here with my cat cleo she's napping and she's really cute i'm gonna eat this uh kielbasa which is plenty cooked by now okay thank you uh come see me with bull market in the pacific northwest in early july 2019 if you're so interested um, check out our website waste-division.org to see shit about uh the waste division art collective um we're just trying to provide a little hub for people to check out and see if something's relevant to them okay bye
lights out Get the vapor Lights out Get the vapor 